The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me. Life-changing moments, life-changing people. Because on With Wit, very little is off limits. Hi, everyone. Today, we have a special and a little bit sensitive episode, but I have my husband, Timothy, here, who's going to be leading the charge today, interviewing me, and I will be the guest. So everybody, please welcome our host, Timothy Rosenman, to the show. Nice. And then they can insert clapping (laughs) noises. Everyone's clapping in their cars right now. Keep your hands on your steering wheels, guys. (laughs) Hi, welcome to Tim's podcast. My first guest is Whitney Port from the Hills. Would your podcast be called Tim's Podcast? I would think of something slightly more creative, but for now, we'll stick with Tim's Podcast. Okay. The reason I'm hosting this one is because we're going to be discussing sort of a sensitive topic that happened and is currently happening to both Whitney and I. We were pregnant and unfortunately, we'd had a miscarriage and we lost the pregnancy. We want to preface this conversation with the fact that this is obviously a very personal and intimate conversation. And there are a lot of heavily charged opinions behind it. And I do understand that miscarriage is something that women have many, many, many different reactions to. And I want to be really sensitive to that. I do want to acknowledge that some people will have different opinions as me and may not agree with me. But the reason why I do this podcast and I do my YouTube is to share my opinion and how I have gone through it in the hopes that maybe there are a few of you that feel the same way and make this more of a platform of open communication, allowing vulnerability and acceptance of our own feelings. I know of plenty of people who have not had children yet or have had to go through IVF and long processes of trying to get pregnant who this has happened to and it has been completely devastating and I feel for them and I would feel the same way if I were them, but I have a different journey and Mm -hmm. a different experience. We've been having the discussion of having a second kid since, I don't know, Sunny was like six months old, right? Mm -hmm. People are always asking us, when are you going to have another kid? Um, And what were your sort of general feelings on that topic? (laughs) Well, before we even had Sunny, I think you and I had had the discussion that we both wanted multiple kids. Oh, we did? I definitely think so. I never thought I would be someone that wanted an only child. I come from a family of five kids. You come from a family of four kids. Sisters and brothers have always been a huge part of our lives and we love them dearly. And I always thought that if I had kids, I would want to provide that for my children. So I definitely just thought it would be obvious we would have more than one kid. But once we had Sunny, we had, or I should say I had a hard time with having Sunny. I had a hard time with the pregnancy. I had a really hard time with the first year. And the thought of having a second kid really, really, really scared me. I didn't want to kind of ruin anything. Sunny's so amazing. And the work is so hard of having a kid. It would the thought of it was just too overwhelming for me. You know, as soon as you have a first kid, everybody asks you, when are you having the second? And 
my reaction to that always had a little bit of shame behind it. Like what I really wanted to say was, I don't even know if I want a second, but I felt too ashamed and guilty to even say that out loud. Why? Like, what do you think the other person started thinking in their head after you said that? I think the other person probably started thinking like, why did this person even have one if she doesn't even like to be a mom that much, you know? And there's sort of this, and correct me if I'm wrong, this like, feeling that if you're not in love with being a mother, then you're not a good mother. Is that fair? A hundred percent. And is that true? It is so untrue, but it is such a prevalent opinion out there that it's either all or nothing and that these two feelings can't be mutually exclusive. And it's really, really hard for us. I mean, I think that our whole YouTube series was based on the fact that you can be a great mother and admit to not loving every aspect of motherhood, specifically breastfeeding or whatever it is, the lack of sleep. Like having a kid is undoubtedly a sacrifice. And like people I think would be better off if, if they just acknowledge that as you have. So I think you've done a great job. Thank you. But I think it's also us being our own worst enemies and judging ourselves so much. It's not only that we're afraid that other people are going to think that we're bad moms because we're complaining, but it's us judging ourselves for it and being like, oh my God, you're such a terrible person if you are resenting your child for having to breastfeed. So it's both things coming at us, which makes it really, really hard to be open about this kind of stuff. Right. Okay. So this, this was your thought process while deciding if you wanted to have another kid. Tell me about getting pregnant. Basically what happened was I stopped taking my birth control. I think what I wanted to happen was for us to get pregnant without having to have the conversation and without having to try and for it to kind of be out of my control. So I just stopped taking my birth control and thought to myself, if this happens on its own, then amazing, it is meant to be and we will have a second child. And if it doesn't happen... Then we'll discuss it when we feel we're both ready to have it. Just walk me through quickly the finding out and and tell me how you really felt. I was in New York for work. I was insanely busy and I was feeling like total crap. I was sleeping 12 hours a night and then I would wake up and want to go right back to sleep. And I was having the same feelings that I remember having when I found out I was pregnant the first time. And... I kind of really knew I was pregnant and even you knew I was pregnant, but I hadn't taken a test yet. So I waited until I got home to take the test because I wanted to be with you and I wanted to be in the comfort of our own home. And I got home at night and I peed on a stick and I came out with the stick and there was only one line on it. Um, I did not take one of those electronic ones. And so I thought, oh, I'm not pregnant, but I now should probably figure out why I feel so sick. Anyways, long story short, my sister was there with us and we waited another 30 seconds and the other line showed up and she was like, Whitney, you are pregnant. <laughs> I felt scared because of all the sacrifices and what I was going to have to go through again to have this child and to be a mom. But I was also scared just to even admit that I was scared about having the child. I felt extremely ashamed and guilty that I felt this way. And so just these layers of shame and guilt make it 
so hard to talk about. Right. Or to even be happy or celebrate this pregnancy. And then I'm sure you add it on top of that. Every time you tell someone they're so excited, like anytime someone tells you they're pregnant, you're like, yeah. And you Mm -hmm. never even think like, okay, well, is this what you want? Or like, you know, have you prepared for it or any of that stuff? Mm -hmm. So I'm sure you have to go through telling everyone and like pretending to be, to be excited. excited when you probably are excited at some point, like when you know all the hard work will be done and you get like a really cute kid to play with or whatever, but mm-hmm. that's down the road. Right. I was really excited about the thought of Sunny having a sibling and the thought of having another adorable, amazing, cute kid like Sunny. But the majority of me was really, really scared and I felt really selfish. I remember just feeling like, gosh, am I just the most selfish person for naturally feeling this way? You're not sure if you want to get pregnant and now you find out that you are pregnant and, you know, joy and jubilation is not exactly how you're feeling. You're apprehensive and nervous, which is totally normal. How do you go about telling or not telling people? You and I decided to tell certain close people in our life because that's just the kind of people you and I are. We don't really like to keep secrets. So to a lot of our best friends and people that we work with closely, we told people. But I, I specifically remember the way that I told people was very like logistical as opposed to like, oh my God, guess what? We're pregnant. It was like we're pregnant with our second. And I mean, especially for work people, I was like, I may not be feeling my best. And so if you could just bear with me and have some patience while we're scheduling things, like it was definitely not, I think the typical pregnancy announcement that you usually hear from people. What's the philosophy behind not telling people? Why do people not tell people they're pregnant Well, until after 13 weeks? So in some religions, you don't tell people until after 13 weeks, just because... It's a religious thing? Yeah, there is a religious aspect to it because they believe that there's some sort of like karma aspect to Uh it. And then for a lot of people in the first trimester, things are very delicate and a lot can go wrong. And I think people don't want to have to tell people if something does go wrong, which is really sad because I feel like it makes the idea of miscarriage, this mystery and this shameful secretive thing that it doesn't actually have to be. Like, why should anybody have to feel shameful or secretive about telling people that they had this, you know? So it's just this thing that we've all naturally done forever that we wait until after the first trimester when everything is okay to tell people. When I feel like sometimes... The more people you tell, the more support you have when something like a miscarriage happens, the easier it will be to get through it because you have this army of friends and family that's there for you and can talk you through it. This episode is brought to you by Cured Nutrition, a holistic supplement company based in Boulder, Colorado. I love Boulder, Colorado. If you're in tune with the wellness industry like I am, I'm sure you've noticed how selecting the right CBD products can get confusing. Well, 
Cure Nutrition has made it easy. In addition to their 100% locally sourced Colorado hemp extracts, Cured also guarantees a rigorous quality control system. Fully aligned with complete transparency, they've even published the details directly on their website, www.curednutrition.com. They have made it possible to harness the true potential of the hemp plant with the comfort of knowing you're using the highest quality products. CBD is most commonly used for its calming, stress-relieving, and amazing anti-inflammatory properties. But Cure didn't stop at CBD alone. They have created products for all aspects of a solid and integrated wellness routine. Whether you're looking for something super maximum strength, full spectrum, or THC-free oils, gel caps, they even have CBD-infused cookie dough, medicinal mushrooms, adaptogenic and cannabinoid blends for focus or sleep with Rise and Zen, and spot treating salve. Cured Nutrition has all of your bases covered. If you're worried about jumping through hoops to get your hands on your own Cured Nutrition products, don't be. The company ships their products to all 50 states. You can find two of my favorite products, the Cured Brand Mushrooms and CBD Zen Calming Nighttime Supplement, and the THC-free Classic Mint Oil, which really helps if I rub it on my temples for headaches. Find those at curednutrition.com, where all WithWit listeners can use code WIT, that's W-H-I-T, at checkout to save 15%. That's curednutrition.com with the code WIT. Now back to the show. What's weird is that I was having like massive pregnancy symptoms for the first like six weeks. I was really nauseous and really exhausted. And all of a sudden they kind of just stopped. And I was like, oh my God, maybe the second pregnancy is going to be amazing. And I'm not going to feel all this crap that I felt. And I was really thinking like glass half full at that moment. And then something hit me while we were in Vermont about two weeks ago. And I remember saying to you like, Timmy, I feel like I'm not pregnant And you were like, that's so crazy, like you are. And I was like, I know, it's so weird, but I just feel like I don't have any symptoms anymore. And then the next day I woke up and I saw blood on my underpants. And now blood on your underpants that that's referred to as spotting. Yes. And that can be two different things, right? Yeah. So when I was pregnant with Sunny, I had the same thing happen at the same exact time. And I called my doctor and he said spotting is completely normal and it can be uh, the period of implantation or just your body getting rid of old blood. So it can be a normal thing. So when I first saw it, I wasn't really like too alarmed. We waited a day and we just let things happen and, and, and hoped that it would stop. And then the next day woke up and we saw that there was more blood. I called my doctor at home and he said to go get an ultrasound. We went to go get an ultrasound and my doctor said things didn't look good, but that it was still kind of too early to tell. And he said to wait it out. So how do you feel now that you're in this like limbo position? It felt so so horrible to be in this limbo position, to be out of control and not know what was going on inside my body was so frustrating for me. I just wanted an answer, but I know that at that time period, now looking back on it with the education that I have, I know that you have to wait a little bit for your body to kind of tell you that this is a for sure a no thing. Mm -hmm. You have to wait for 
you know, certain blood levels to go down. You have to wait to see certain things in the ultrasound to know whether it's for sure a vital pregnancy or not. So we we ended up going back to the emergency room for a second time because the bleeding got worse. And we got confirmation that my blood level was at a 3,000 and that the point I was in my pregnancy, it's supposed to be at about a 10 to 20,000. And we found out that there was no heartbeat and there should have been a heartbeat at that point. So we got confirmation while we were in Vermont that this was not a viable pregnancy. And I then needed to get home and figure out a plan, which I didn't even know what that meant. When we got the confirmation that it wasn't a viable pregnancy, how did you feel about it? I mean, I was sad. You know what I mean? And, but I wasn't, the weirdest part of this whole thing to me is the level of sadness that I feel I'm allowed to have or not have. Mm -hmm. I'm sad, but you know, we moved on. Like I shed some tears, but we moved on and I'm, and then I stopped myself and I'm like, well, if a baby died, like you would be heartbroken for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. So what's the difference between this and a baby? And I started having all these existential thoughts in my head about when life begins and when it doesn't. We can save that for another episode. I just, can I just say one thing? I just feel like there may be people out there that think that it was irresponsible of me to not basically practice safe sex if I didn't know if I was ready to have a second kid. Mm -hmm. And I just want to cover that because sometimes you don't know what you want until something happens. Mm -hmm. And I think as humans, we're allowed that. And so I, I know that I may be defending myself to something that I don't need to yet, but I just feel that I feel like if I were listening to this, I'd be like, well, Whitney, why would you even have sex without a condom or not take your birth control. If you knew you weren't ready, that's really irresponsible. Like this isn't a living being that you could possibly be bringing into the world. Right. Well, I think we were ready for the responsibility should it it have worked out and we would have done the right thing and, and, you know, raised (laughs) our child. You know what I mean? So, and I think you're totally right. First of all, we talk about this all the time about thinking about getting pregnant and waiting for the right time. There's never going to be a right time. So Mm -hmm. everyone has to get into this situation, not knowing if it's the perfect timing or not, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, how do you know you like your major until you start taking classes? Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) No, it's so true. And, and that is the case. Like if this pregnancy was viable, like, although I may not have thought it was the right timing or I would have been a little bit stressed in terms of balancing things, like we would have had the baby and it would have been amazing and I wouldn't have regretted it, No, but I didn't have control over this situation. So we come home. And it's been a long two weeks of travel, but we mm-hmm. made the best of it. You know, we, we uh, had to spend a day in D.C. and we went sightseeing and we checked ourselves into a nice hotel and we treated ourselves a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, the doctor told me that as long as I wasn't like hemorrhaging blood and I wasn't anemic, that I could just live life normally. And when I got home, we would make a plan. So this is the stuff that I didn't know. Like I mm-hmm. thought women had a miscarriage and like, Same. I don't know what I thought in my head and sorry if this is graphic, but I thought like you just like something happened in the toilet and then like you weren't pregnant anymore and like you just went about your life, but that is not the case. And so Whitney, why don't you take us through 
the DNC and the options and that sort of decision process. Mm -hmm. So once we got home and met with the doctor, he told us that we had three different options. The first option was just to let your body do it naturally, which just means to continue to bleed and then you would start cramping and hemorrhaging blood and you don't know how long this process can go and you don't know when exactly it's going to happen. So that was the first option. The second option is to take a pill that makes it happen faster. It makes you start to cramp faster and it makes you actually like shed the pregnancy faster. And you do that on your own at home and you also are in pain and you don't know exactly how long it's going to take. And then the third option is called a DNC where you go and basically have it surgically removed. I don't know all the technicalities of the procedure, but I know that it's a procedure where you have to go under and your OB does something to actually clean the pregnancy out of you. And I didn't know what I wanted to do right away. I mean, it was so much for me to take in because I, like you, didn't even know that I had to make a choice to do something about it. I thought my body just did it on its own. And so this just made me feel like even more at a loss of control. And I really wanted someone to tell me what to do. I wanted my doctor to tell me what to do. And I soon realized that it's not something that they can tell you what to do. This is such a personal thing that you have to decide on your own. And I talked to a couple people that had gone through it and ultimately decided that I needed this to just happen the fastest and easiest way possible. And for me, that was the D and C. I didn't want to be in any pain. I didn't want to be on your own. On my own. I didn't want to visually see the blood and see it come out of me. And so um, on Tuesday, I got the DNC and I, I feel like I did the right thing for myself. I mean, there's no, there's, there's no, no right wrong, or wrong. Well, of, there, there's no wrong. No, of course. Thing to do. Of course. 15 to 20% of recognized pregnancies end in a miscarriage and even more before women even know if they've missed a period. So like, right, it's like 50%. I mean, that's the, those numbers are mind blowing. I had no idea. No idea. And nobody talks about it. No. And you, if, if it does happen, people are very hush hush about it. And you don't know if the person wants to talk about it. Like now I feel like if someone told me that they had a miscarriage, I would have such a different reaction and be so much more sensitive and inclined to have the conversation with the person. Like before it was, it's was kind of like death real, like, Oh God, should I ask, should I follow up with them in a couple of days? Should I even mention mm-hmm. it? Do they even right, want to talk bring this about up. it? But it's like, this is one of those things I think that people do really want to talk about. I mean, I think talking about anything is a is a good thing. I mean, there's some times where people don't want to do it, but mm-hmm. after you're done, you feel better. I mean, I, like there's been a bunch of people who, who knew about our pregnancy and then we told they had a miscarriage and then mm-hmm. they tell you, oh yeah, I had two miscarriages. Yeah. And you're just like, oh my God, I never knew. Not like, I can't believe you didn't tell me, but like... Wait, so everyone else's plan is just to keep it quiet and deal with it themselves? Like, that's not how I operate. And that is not, I don't, like, that's sad. And it's like, and were you okay with it? Like, were you depressed for months afterwards or were you okay? Like, let me be here for you. Yeah, exactly. 
And now a message from our sponsor. Okay, so I know a lot of you guys are Amazon Prime members. You must be. I am. I feel like almost everyone on this planet is. So for a limited time, you guys can start an Audible membership and save 66% on your first three months, which is a total of $30 off. That's like getting three months for the price of one. I love Audible. It's an amazing way to listen to a lot of the books that you don't necessarily want to read. If you're sitting in your car, it's just a great way to actually kill two birds with one stone. I, this week, am planning to listen to Brene Brown's The Power of Vulnerability, if I have a second, but once I put Sunny down, I intend to sit outside, relax, listen to her inspirational words because I've listened to her talk and I just want to read the whole book because it has so much value. But that is what I love Audible for. You just pay $4.95 per month. That's $4.95 per month for the first three months. And then after that, it's only $14.95 per month. The offer is valid from July 1st, 2019 through July 31st, 2019. If you visit audible.com slash with wit or text with wit to 500-500, you can get started today. And if you want to listen to Brene Brown's The Power of Vulnerability, like me or any other audiobooks, go to audible.com slash withwit, or again, text withwit to 500-500. And now back to the episode. Can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. In the limbo period, do you remember wanting the pregnancy to be viable? Was there any part of you that didn't want it to be viable? I feel so bad saying this, like, like I honestly feel like a complete monster for saying this, but when I found out that the pregnancy was possibly not vital, I thought to myself, maybe this is sort of a relief. Like I feel, I felt so not overwhelmed in life because I am, I am so grateful for my life right now, but I did feel professionally like I was in one of the busiest times of my life. And I felt like this timing was really terrible to be pregnant. And so there was part of me when we were in limbo that was like, if this isn't going to happen, I think I'm okay with it. I I mean, I can appreciate how complicated those feelings are. And Um, I didn't want to tell you. And I remember being in the car on the way to the hospital and saying it to myself in my head and being like, can I even say this to Timmy? Can I even say this to this person that like, is he going to be so hurt and think I'm such a terrible person for even thinking this? No, I think your reservations about having a baby make total sense. And a lot of other people might share them. And if they don't, who cares? They're your feelings, and I, I really do validate them. And so if if that pregnancy were to end, especially at such an early state before it even has a heartbeat, or you know what I mean? Like, feeling relief makes sense to me, and it doesn't make you a horrible person or a bad mother. In fact, the fact that you can admit something that makes you so vulnerable just proves how sensitive and great you really are. Thank you, but... Like, do you ever feel like, not that you wish you married someone else, because I know that you're happy to be married to me, but do you ever feel like I was 
that wanting to be a mom was something that came more natural to me or that I was more positive about it? I mean, I know those are two different questions, but. Um, no, like, I don't think it's healthy to, how can I put this? I don't think it's healthy to try and take your situation and wish that like parts of it were slightly changed. Like sure. Like people can have those thoughts, but I don't dwell on them. Like I, I like our life and I don't wish that like we lived in a house that was just like a slightly different color or something like that. Like it's not worth it. It's not helpful to me. And so like, since I, you know that I want to have multiple kids, do I wish that you were on my exact same page? Yes, yeah. but I'm not trading in anything for like a different model wife. Like I like the way things are as a whole now. And like each, each little part of that equation adds up to the happy picture and like my happy life. So I don't want to mess with any of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like maybe that didn't answer your question so much. No, it did. It did. It's just so hard to actually believe like I believe you because like I know you wouldn't lie to me I I know you're always honest with me and you would tell me if you were like disappointed in me or upset or or whatever but I think I would only be disappointed if you were having these feelings and didn't share them Mm -hmm. like you're being honest and that's important like I don't I don't want to have and I've said this a bunch of times I don't want to have like a ton of kids just because I want to I only want to do it if you want to Mm -hmm. and like when Sonny gets old enough like I only want to do stuff that the three of us want to, you know, I mean, he was not going to want to go to school and he's going to have to do that. But like, I only (laughs) want to do stuff that's in our collective best interest. All right. So now that we're sort of, you know, out of the woods or now that now that it's over, you've had the DNC. Yeah. First of all, how are you feeling? Are you feeling relieved? Are you feeling sad? How do you feel today? I feel I can't I can't say I feel relieved. I, I feel sad because the whole thing is just traumatic. It's traumatic to think about your body going through this and something being in you that could have been someone like a Sunny or something. It's, it's, I feel sad, but I do also feel happy that I, that my body is, is still my own right now. And that this isn't like an extra thing we have to plan for. Mm-hmm. What do you tell I, yourself about why it, it happened? Um, I tell myself that my body is not robotic and it doesn't behave perfectly and it's so intricate and things can go wrong that are out of your control and that's what happened. Like I'm trying to look at it as like, you know, my body can get the flu, like it can get sick. So this was just another way of my body getting sick in a way. Right. And that's something that I learned too, because I just thought since Sonny came on his due date and you're such like a specimen (laughs) that you were just a factory and you would just produce like perfect children every time. And I don't like, I still think you're fantastic and a specimen and perfect in every way, but that's, you know, that's not realistic. And Mm -hmm. I think it sort of prepared me for our life together and like us getting sick and us having to deal with that. And it made me think about those things in a different way. Mm -hmm. There are so many things that are out of our control and this is one of them and we have to release them. Yeah. I still feel a little bit 
unsettled about the second kid conversation because even as I'm telling people that this is happening, people are like, "Well, you can try again. When can you try again? Right? When? When did the doctor say you'll be you'll be ready again?" I mean, and that was like, my last question. Was second kid question mark tell me how you how do you feel about that i mean overall i still feel like in my head my brain is saying like logically speaking like i want to give sunny a second kid like it feels like the thing that we should should do um but in my heart and like my gut right now it does not feel ready but is that because when you think about it you're there's fear there like, are you telling yourself it's not the right thing to do because you're scared to do it? Or can you can you kind of switch your thinking and think like, just because I'm scared to do it doesn't mean that it's not the thing to do. Does that make sense? I want to get to that second place. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I may never be 100% sold on the idea. Like, I'm always going to be a little bit scared. There never may be the right time, but I want to get to a place where I can still feel those things, but also be excited and willing to do it. Sometimes we're supposed to trust our gut and sometimes we're not. Like, I really didn't want to go to camp. Like, I was scared (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I got there and I was still scared. Mm -hmm. And then it was great. Mm -hmm. It's hard to decide when to trust your gut. Everything kind of sucks in the beginning and then it's okay. Yeah. It's kind of like also because you know what you're getting yourself into this time around. Like there's good and bad to that. I've decided like, okay, well, if I do have a second kid, like I definitely don't have to breastfeed this time. So that makes me feel a little bit more relieved about the whole experience because that was, I would say, the one of the hardest parts of the first year. But then again, you also just know how hard it is. You know, it's not like ignorance is bliss anymore. Right. Before right. you have the kid, you don't know what you're going to get into. So you're not like as scared. Unlike a lot of other people, and this is something you've decided to do, you not only have to go through the miscarriage, mm-hmm. but you have to relive it on camera and mm-hmm. on, you know, recording, audio recording. And, and like, how does that factor into the whole situation? So. We have consciously decided to have these types of conversations on our YouTube and on the podcast because it has become so important for me that people be able to feel their feelings and not feel guilty about it and know that other people feel the same way. If I did not talk about this on this platform, I would feel even more guilty about the whole thing because I feel like I have a responsibility to all you guys so that you don't feel alone and that you don't feel the same way that I felt in my own head when I found out this was happening. However, having to relive it and retell the story and be sensitive to all the people out there that have different experiences and have to think about what I'm going to say and not just be done with it has been emotionally draining for me. I mean, Mm -hmm. the other night I broke down, I was like, I literally just can't do this anymore. Like, I don't want to deal with the technicalities of planning to have this conversation again. Like, can it just be over? It was already enough for me to, for us to deal with. Right. I can completely understand that. Like you want, you want the situation to be behind you, but it's prolonged because you are 
recording it. And yes. not only is it like prolonged, but it's like painstaking. Like we're doing this ourselves. We're setting up the cameras. We're worrying about the organization of it. And on top of that, it's a sensitive topic and we don't want to offend anyone or mm-hmm. say the wrong thing. Like it's, it's a lot of extra shit on top of something that's already kind of shit. You know? Yes. But I feel like for us, at the end of the day, it's so much more important that this conversation is out there forever for people to listen to so that they feel some validation. And like I said, don't feel so alone. Like I need to just suck it up and sacrifice this for the greater good. And well, I know that I don't want to sound like like you're a martyr for everyone, yes. but, but also what I was going to say when it's all done and when we put this up and we start getting the feedback, how will that make you feel? I, hope that the feedback is okay and that people don't think I'm a monster. And if it is good feedback like that, I think that I will be able to be more at peace about this whole thing and that that will make it all worthwhile. It's, this is the exact same feeling I had when, after we recorded the first episode of I love my baby, but I hate my pregnancy. I was terrified to put that episode up. I had never been that vulnerable before. And I thought people were going to think that I was such a terrible person. Mm -hmm. And I feel that way now, but it's sort of a roll of the dice. Exactly. I know. I know it feels that way because it, it's, I mean, I'm here too. And this happened to me as well. Yeah. But I know it's you. Yeah. I know you're putting yourself out there mm-hmm. and I can appreciate it feeling scary, but ultimately this is going to be, I think, a really good thing for you. Mm-hmm. I do think though that for the people that have not had the same experience as me and do feel devastated and, and and depressed after something like this happens, which mm-hmm. I know ma- mm-hmm. many and most people do, that talking about it is just as important mm-hmm. because it it's, is... It's horrible it's that horrible. this miscarriage situation, it, not only is it horrible, but that it's that people don't talk about mm-hmm. it because you, you never told anyone you were pregnant in the first place. And so even if they don't identify with your feelings on. on the situation... Just the fact that we're having this conversation and they can go have their own conversation about their experience, I think is important. Agreed. And I think that they will be surprised by how many other women have actually gone through this. Mm-hmm. I'm happy that we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. I know this is hard for you, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm proud of you for talking about it and, and putting yourself in a vulnerable position. But I think everything will end up okay. I know it will end up okay. The biggest thing I want anyone to get out of this is that whatever reaction you have to a miscarriage is okay. Whether you are a little bit relieved, whether you're devastated, whether you're whatever it is, like to not overanalyze or feel guilty for how you're feeling. I hope that people can always use my platform to share their stories and share their opinions and know that it's a really welcoming place to have these kinds of conversations if they feel like they can't go anywhere else. Well, I'd just like to say that no matter, even though we're talking about the miscarriage here, I think Mm -hmm. no matter what the topic is, Mm -hmm. that even though making yourself vulnerable is scary for totally real reasons, that that's when like the good happens. And the more you make yourself vulnerable, I think the, the stronger and more courageous you are. And Mm -hmm. ultimately the, the, the more you'll get, that will help you deal with these difficult situations. And that I'm, I'm just, I'm proud of you that you do this. 
Thank you. No matter what anyone comments or says, like I know who you are and you're an amazing mother in person and I'm really proud that you put yourself out there. Thank you very much. And I'd like to announce that I'm the new full-time host of With Wit <laughs> and we're going to be adding in some new topics like sports and restaurants I like to go to. So tune in for With Tim, I mean With Wit next week. <laughs> Who's kidding, you guys? Yeah, I'll, I'm leaving. We're going to get more about wedding planning. <laughs> <laughs> what about juices? Okay, <laughs> love you all. Thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, you know, feel free to leave your comments below and check out our YouTube series with Wit, where we will be featuring the video of this conversation. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you loved this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review because I want to hear from you guys. You can let me know what you thought of this episode or anything more you want to hear about. Thanks. Peace in the streets.